one of the greatest experiences that a human can have is to have soul contact. When you do, it kind of takes you out of that three-dimensional reality into the larger world of spirit, elevate consciousness, illuminate awareness, and then radiate that experience out into your world. I don't know if you're gonna see this voice moment. I'm very well, thank you. I've been looking forward to our conversation. Me too. I read about you and disclaimer folks, I met Blair here via Podmatch and I cannot tell you how amazing Podmatch is for people who do podcasts or podcasters. Just going to throw that out there now. This is not a paid advert, but Blair, I found you through Podmatch and I read your bio and it mentioned higher consciousness meditation after years of doing meditation, yoga, and then it references a traumatic year at a high level job, having difficulty with your boss, employee relations, whistleblowing, you name it, all of these amazing keywords just stood out and leapt off the screen. So if you could really just tell us, unpack it all for us. Sure, absolutely. So let me just sort of step back a little bit and say that I'm an author, I'm a poet, I have a YouTube channel, website and a blog and you know, all of that kind of stuff. I've written at this point six books. My next book com will come out in, in mid-year. And the books are on the subject of meditation, mindfulness, manifestation, and related subjects. The one that's coming out in the middle of the year will be on health and wellness. I never intended to be an author. I, My career really was in business consulting for an organization that's sponsored by the U.S. Small Business Administration. And about six, seven years ago, I moved from North Carolina, where I'd spent most of my career to California to take a high-level job down in San Diego. I tried to find out about the new job and the people and all of that. But, you know, looking back, people are a little bit secretive about what was going on. And I began to understand when I got there that my boss was somewhat psychopathic. She was abusing employees. She was mishandling funds. The program was headed in, in a very wrong direction. And she really didn't want me to help her. She said she did when she interviewed me. And after eh, close to a year, I just couldn't put up with it anymore. I could, I didn't let her abuse me, but I couldn't keep watching that go on in my presence. I also couldn't watch the program continue to, to go into the ground. And, and perhaps I was going to be blamed in some fashion or another. So I decided to go to the people who were supposed to be overseeing the program and let them know what was going on. An investigation was done. She was fired, but they fired me too. They said I was a troublemaker. What that really meant was that I had made trouble for them in bringing exposure to the problem. And that ended a career trajectory. My income went away. I was in a new town. It was devastating. And partially in doing therapy, I just started to write and I started just journaling. And as I did that, 
And I'd been meditating for about 45 years prior to that. I began to really do a deep dive into my meditation practice as part of that therapy. And I started getting, oh, I don't know, information kind of coming through as I would sit and journal in the evening. And it was it was odd because it didn't sound like me. It sounded like almost like I was channeling, but you know, I couldn't imagine I was channeling. It turned out I was having soul contact. I had contacted or really opened myself up sufficiently to my higher self or to my soul that I began to have conversations with my higher consciousness. That, that still small voice that if you get quiet enough is available to all of us at any time. And of course, that's the value of meditation is it gets you quiet enough that if you begin to open up to that possibility, soul is right there and wants a, a relationship with you and is eager for that and, and rushes in because it's been waiting maybe lifetimes to have that kind of interaction with its human partner. So there would be evenings I would just sit and, and words would just pour through my fingers, you know, on the keyboards and, and onto the screen. And after doing about 150,000 words or so, I began to realize that I had material for books and that I had learned or had really been shown some new techniques, meditation techniques and so forth that could be really valuable to people. So I began to organize my material. And, and that was really the source of my first three books on the benefits of meditation, the meditation book, and then the mindfulness book. And mindfulness is a, a meditation that's real short as opposed to a sit-down meditation that, that's a longer exercise. So that's that was, was the foundation of my first four books. And along the way, I got inspired to do poetry. And I had never done poetry. But, you know, that just started coming also. And so that became the fourth book. And then the fifth book is on the subject of manifestation, spiritual manifestation. That is an incredible story. And I'm so sorry that you had to experience that because you're a fine human being, sir. That bothers me. They put you in that position and they treated you in such a way. Now, going back to that, the initial story about whistleblowing at the time, did you feel like it was going to result differently? And also, how did it make you feel knowing that they wanted it under the rug and that by you bringing it forward, it was more of a distraction and a ruckus as opposed to being the right thing to do? Well, first of all, doing the right thing was the key because, you know, I was going to do this no matter what. But I did think that the outcome was going to be different. I thought that there would be a certain amount of appreciation for my exposing really a rotten egg in a large organization at community college was our sponsor. And that just turned out not to be the case. I, I badly <laughs> misjudged the situation from that perspective and didn't realize until doing a little research later that a lot of whistleblowers end up getting fired pretty much for the same reason, because it's not welcome information necessarily for mismanagement to be exposed to other management that really should be paying attention and don't sometimes. Yeah. So it was, it was just devastating. But you know, I think from this perspective now, it's the best thing that could have happened. I didn't know it at the time. It seemed like the end of the world at the time. But I would never have written these books. I would never have had thousands and thousands of readers. About 25,000 people or so have read my books. I would you know, not be talking to people like you. There'd be many things that I would not be doing today had I continued on that career path. So it, it was as if my soul were saying, okay, you know, it's time to kind of wrap this up. I want to take you 
on a 90 degree turn. Sorry, it's going to be painful, but in the end, you'll be much happier, more fulfilled and more conscious, more aware, more enlightened, if you will. So all that, all that has been a tremendous benefit. And, you know, there, there are times when I look back and say, oh, yeah, not only can I forgive those people, but I even thanked the people who made these decisions for the decisions that they made because it turned out to be the best thing that could have happened to me. Yes, I think that that's something that people should take away all the time is that when these really, really life altering things happen to us, a really good way to think about them is that the discomfort is temporary, hopefully. And what comes after is everything. It's worth the discourse and the chaos that ensues in between, but it's so worth it. And hopefully, hopefully, they can also have nice transitions. I mean, I've noticed that a lot of people have done that. A lot of people have gone through some serious craziness and having the ground taken up from under them. And you, you having been fired and doing the right thing and then being punished for it, that's just absurd. That's absurd. But I hope that it's never deterred you once, even after that, from doing the right thing. You know, and, and I've been able to take my future, if you will, into my own hands at this point. And I'm really appreciative of that as well. Yes, for sure. I love that for you. I love that it opened up this whole universe of possibilities for you. And that's just exceptional. Now, I had a very similar situation where I had a position and there was something that was not correct going on in the background. And I had a choice to make. I could either be part of what was going on or I could do the right thing and actually blow that whistle, so to speak. And so I chose to do the right thing. And it resulted in that business no longer being able to do business. It was very similar to what happened with Wells Fargo. Remember Wells Fargo creating all these crazy accounts? But it wasn't Wells Fargo, of course. But it was just so similar. And, and it was serendipitous that around that same time, Wells Fargo was, was going through a similar thing while I was going through something that was like adjacent. So it was really interesting. But overall... When it comes down to it, doing the right thing is the most important thing you can do. And it's a choice that you have to make. And, and going back, if I were to go back, even knowing what happened afterward, I would still pick the exact same because it was the right thing to do. And so I'm curious about your story and, and the stories that you share with people. I really enjoy your journey because we, we hear all of your experiences and your authorship. And then, and then we're able to gain these amazing inspirations that you put out there across multiple platforms. But I'm, I'm very curious to hear about your meditation process. And I have to ask you because you know what it's like to go from, you know, very standard meditation to very complete and, and holistic meditation. So what is it like? Because there's a lot of opinions about meditation, but what is it like for someone who's getting started? And what's a quick thing that you can do to even approach the path of meditation? What is your insight on all of that? Well, a couple of things to say, I think. First and foremost, Meditation has a reputation for being difficult, and it's not. I mean, meditation in its simplest form is nothing more than just sitting quietly and just calming down. And in its, again, most simple form can be as simple as taking an in-breath, two, three, out-breath, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. In other words, breathing out twice as long as you breathe in and just observing your breath and observing your thoughts. Eventually, your thoughts will start to subside because at first, your mind just goes, 
In fact, all of our minds every day are constantly, you know, chattering at us. It's the way human beings are set up with the minds who, but which want to be in charge and are constantly scanning the landscape and looking for problems, looking for opportunities, judging everything that comes along, thinking about the past, thinking about the future. So that's sort of the human condition. All of us are kind of trained from birth or even before birth to be three-dimensional human beings in this very complicated biomechanical vehicle that we call our bodies with an onboard complicated processor. It's mind training and, and the mind doesn't want to be trained because it's kind of a wild horse in a way. You know, it's an untrained horse. And unless and until you do some meditation and begin to train it a little bit and begin to quiet down a little bit, get the benefits that come from doing that. My particular meditation process called higher consciousness meditation is a different kind of meditation process. It's one that bypasses to some great degree all that mind training and the difficulty that comes with mind training. It's a process that's, that's easy, it's simple. I'll describe it to you. It starts with just saying to yourself, sitting down or being on a meditation cushion or on a chair and just saying to yourself, taking a breath, breathe out, peace, be still. And this is sort of the trigger to get you started. Peace, be still, which is really a mindfulness technique that you can use any time of the day, anywhere, as a way of just calming yourself down in a, you know, kind of a quick sort of way. But this is the beginning of a five-step process, then goes on to asking a couple of open or making a couple of open-ended statements, and then seeing what you get from the open-ended statements. The first open-ended statement is God. Or the word I like, to, or the words I like to use, the all is. I don't like God because there's so many different connotations and people have such odd, in many cases, notions about what God is. Mm -hmm. To me, God is really the all or the intelligent universe that is every day unfolding and unfolding and unfolding and unfolding and tends to unfold in a way that is beneficial to the universe and to everything that's in the universe. So it has a, a strong degree of intelligence. So the first open-ended statement is the all is, and then just pausing for a moment and seeing what comes back, what response there is to that open-ended statement. And sometimes the response is the all is God, or the all is an intelligent universe, or the all is omnipresent. And if that's the response, you can get a sense of omnipresence or being one with that all because then then you say, and I am one with that. So whatever it is that you get back from making that open-ended statement, then you finish that up by saying, and I am one with that. The next open-ended statement is higher consciousness is or soul is. And again, you pause and see what kind of response comes back from that. Now, as I mentioned it's my experience, uh, and other people I've talked to have said the same thing about this, is that when you open yourself up to soul contact, soul really wants that relationship. Soul has been sort of watching, being available at the door, and knocking on the door, and hoping that you'll begin to open up to your higher self or to your higher consciousness or to soul. It really wants to come in and be your partner in life. So that, that might be the response. And 
after you do this for a while, it might take 5, 10, 15, 20 times, you begin to notice that you get some responses back that are interesting and perhaps even life-altering. Because making soul contact is a life-altering experience. It's, I think, one of the greatest experiences that a human can have is to have that soul contact, but most of us don't. And when you do, it kind of takes you out of that three-dimensional reality into the larger world of spirit, which I think is five-dimensional reality. Three-dimensional reality, then four-dimensional reality includes time, according to Einstein. Five-dimensional reality is really spirit. It's where we come from before we come in. It's where we go back to after we leave. But while we're here, a lot of people don't have a direct experience of spirit, don't have a direct experience of soul contact. And as a result, you know, end up being frantic human beings the way we all are, stressed, you know, running around like crazy, trying to take advantage of every opportunity that comes our way. And we don't get a chance to kind of relax and enjoy it and 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 have access to a whole different dimension that gives life a very different texture, if you will, a very different experience of life when you begin to step over into spirit, when you begin to step over into five-dimensional reality. And then you say, and I'm one with that, so I'm one with my soul, I'm one with higher consciousness. It, and then the last part of it is just a couple of words to trigger and consolidate, which is elevate, illuminate, radiate. Elevate consciousness, illuminate awareness, and then radiate that experience out into your world. Now, this all can take as little as two minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, if it feels good. In other words, you can keep doing it for as long as you want to in order to get the benefit of it. And I do this twice a day. That's my sit-down meditation practice. And again, what it does is it sort of bypasses the mind chatter because you begin to get into and have experience of that which is beyond the human experience that which is beyond the human mind, which can't go beyond itself and gives you an opportunity to experience higher levels of consciousness. So that's how sit-down meditation works. Also during the day, I do mindfulness meditations, little quick reminders to myself. So I say to myself, peace, be still. That's one mindfulness technique. And I've got a whole bunch of them in my mindfulness book that can be used for different situations. But peace be still can be used for almost anything. It can be used for just before you go up to give a speech. It can be be used just before you you know go into a difficult situation. It can be used at any point when you just want to calm yourself down. And usually, often I use along with that the phrase "peace be still." higher consciousness, I breathe higher consciousness and take a couple of breaths and just breathe that higher consciousness experience, soul contact experience, Christ consciousness, if you will. So that's a second part of my meditation every day. And then I've got another practice that I use for manifestation, which we can talk about in a bit if you'd like to get into that as well. Yeah, I really enjoy listening to you. I love everything that you've said. Sit down meditation could definitely work for anyone. So I'm pretty sure that folks listening are taking notes just as I was because I totally did. And there's so many cool things in there. And I think that it would be so wonderful for us to make sure that at the end, we capture all of the book titles that you mentioned, and then we go find them. So yes, we'll make sure to revisit that. Now, my question at the moment, friend, is that you've answered a little bit into the what 
the how, the effects of talking to your soul, and some of the highlights. But I really want to know, what does it feel like? Can you equate what it feels like into an equivalent experience? Or, or can you put that into words? What does that feel like? Right. The interesting thing is that while it's you know similar to some things that are sort of human experiences, spiritual experiences has a different quality to it because your vibration picks up. So what it feels like is an increase in your vibratory rate. Now, that might feel like going out into the sun, you know, if you're sitting in a dark room or if you're if you're sad and you go out into the sun and you, you know, see some beauty and connect with nature and all of that, your vibratory rate increases you're sort of lifted up. So that's what it feels like more than anything is an increase in, in your vibratory rate, an uplifting in awareness and in your consciousness. Your heart center is more engaged. So that loving or warmth or feeling of, of just relaxing, a feeling of, of just settling back into a lovely place are, are some of the ways to describe what the feeling is like. Did you ever have days where it was really hard to get to your good place to, I guess, get to your calm place of peace? Like, are there days or were there days that were super difficult to do that? Because I would imagine that that can happen with with things all around you. Oh, of course. I mean, I'm not happy-go-lucky and and elevated consciousness all day, every day. So, you know, there there are days when you get some bad news or the news on TV is terrible. And even though I'm praying over it to a degree and trying to uplift that as I watch, it makes me sad. I'm saddened really as much as anything by the prospects for the future because of the, the locomotives that are headed our way down the track of humanity, especially climate change hmm. and all the problems that are already happening clearly and are just going to get worse by order of magnitude of, I don't know, who knows what that's going to be. And what I think about that is that unless we begin to wake up, unless we all begin to raise our consciousness, unless we all begin to see if we all don't make it through this time, none of us are going to make it through this time. If we don't see that it's important for all of us to be considered when it comes to the the future of humanity, and certainly what my children and grandchildren are going to experience, it's going to be a very, very difficult future. Part of my mission is is just to you know, have these conversations in a way that appeals to people to wake up and to to man up, to woman up, to become more awake and aware, and, and to realize how we're on this planet and we're on this planet together, and it's really one humanity of all different stripes, but it's one humanity. And if we don't begin to treat each other better than we are, and if we don't wake up and begin to address some of the problems that are really facing us, it's going to be tough times coming. Mm -hmm. And if everyone were to come together and really be there for one another, as opposed to just for themselves, what would the world look like, do you think? One of my projects in the future is a project that's aimed at increasing humanity's awareness and consciousness, higher consciousness project is what I've tentatively call it. I think what will happen is that people will begin to open up. They'll be, begin to be more heart-centered, more heartfelt. They will be more compassionate of their fellow man. They will begin to wake up to the issues that are facing us instead of putting our heads in the sand and will begin to address them in a much more dramatic way than we are presently facing them. 
And, you know, my, my hope and wish would be that we, that we evolve into being the spiritual beings that we are. I, I like to use the term eternal beings for humans as being their fundamental nature of which few of us are aware. But if more and more of us are aware, we'll probably get to a point where there's a critical mass of enough people that things begin to flip over. And that's what I'm hoping for is, is a flip so that we survive and thrive as opposed to just surviving and maybe not a lot of us thriving. I think, and I don't know, but I think that it's very difficult to look ahead and be optimistic because there's so much to consider and there's a lot to look at and feel daunted by. But I think that one of the greatest things is that we just don't know. We just don't know. And the fact that there could be a sea change and things could quickly look up, that's amazing. And, you know, youth out there now could do some pretty awesome things. The adults currently could come out of themselves and do amazing things as well. And everyone could just come together. That would be so wonderful. It's been done before in history, and it definitely can be done again. So hoping that that's the case. Sometimes when our backs are, you know, really, really, really against the wall, we rise to the occasion. I think that's what we're all hoping for. But unfortunately, I don't see a lot being done about that. Yes, and I hope that people gather inspiration from all of your work. Speaking of your works, is there a particular time that stands out in memory when you've done a reading or a talk or someone came up to you that was just super extraordinary and they, they just did not really believe in the work or, or maybe that their life was just out of the ordinary? Is there anything like that that stands out in your memory? Well, so far, I haven't done a lot of public speaking. Doing this podcasting work is really the first that I've done in my progression. Now, what I have gotten, though, is some really good feedback on Amazon, which is where I've published my books, in terms of the reviews that people have offered up. I'm constantly touched by people who express in one way or another how valuable they found my words to be. And more important than the words is the feeling behind behind it and the opportunity that it gives them to to approach life in a different way by opening up to spirit and by opening up to soul contact. You know, my, my thought is if one person, you know, listening today says to themselves, oh, well, this might be worth looking into. Maybe I'll get his book or maybe I'll delve into whatever practice I've used in the past, but perhaps I'll delve into it a little more deeply with some of what was said today in mind. You know, if that just happens to one person, that will satisfy me. And I think there's every possibility that more than one person will find maybe the spark that I'm offering. I'm sort of pointing, I'm pointing in a direction for people to consider opening up to other possibilities. Let's just put it that way. Well, I'm totally inspired. I can tell you that there's going to be tons of people listening to this that will definitely feel inspired as well. So you're just going to have to do like tons of content, tons of talks, tons of work in the digital space so people can see your content on all of the platforms. And they would just love it because having these great messages that you're putting out into the world, they're so needed by us and they're so needed in this universe. So you clearly have done this for years and years and years. And it's just, it's just awesome. I love it so much. Um, speaking of, you're just so polished and you're well-spoken and I cannot wait to see what it is that you do. So when you do social media content and you do videos, I think that you're going to see a lot of well-received comments and, and praise and just people being inspired and a lot of action, a lot of positive action on their parts. I have a blog on my website, highcmeditation.com. 
And for people who subscribe to that or, or get on my email list, I send out a blog post a couple of times a month that offers information, realizations, understandings that I have along the way a couple of times a month. So people can take advantage of that. I do have a YouTube channel, Larry B. Higher Consciousness channel. And people can go to the YouTube channel and see, you know, short videos and longer videos. And then I post approximately once a week, sometimes once every other week on my Facebook page. So they can take advantage of that. Awesome. We will post them. So I have to ask you, because it's part of our show, but it's also part of who we are. Are you happy? Oh, gosh, I'm extremely happy. My life is superb. And it's turned out in ways that I never imagined. And I think it's really as a result of the work that I've done on myself and then sharing what I've learned in my books and so on. Yeah, absolutely. Something else that we normally do is that we ask you about sharing a message with the world. Uh, what would that be? But you've shared so many messages today with the world. So we'd also like to ask you if you could share a message with people that are struggling in any way, shape or form. What would that message be to them? What's your message to those who are struggling? Well, what I would say is that meditation is the most direct path to waking up and to an experience of illumination. Let's use that word. Now, what comes with that is a higher level of vibration. And we were talking about that a while ago. Higher level of vibration attracts higher level experiences, higher level people, higher level circumstances into your life. That's what the law of attraction is all about. And my best possible outcomes process is one that's intended to ask spirit or ask soul for the best possible outcome around a particular issue or a particular circumstance. And it, among other things, raises you up in your vibration, but it also puts soul to work for you to kind of clear the way. So what I would say is that there are techniques, tools that I offer, and, and lots of people offer similar tools that are available if people will just search them out. Out and then apply them and, you know, be somewhat diligent about it. Because sometimes it takes a little bit to kind of break through the human egg, you know, the barriers the, that surround us and keep us from being aware of higher realms in a way that we could. Now, I know that's a long answer to your question, but does that help? Definitely. Well, I would not be the judge. Our audience, yes, but <laughs> I believe that it totally does. Everything you said helps tremendously, and I could just listen to you all day. You you really should do audiobooks, I think. You you just have to start putting stuff out, really. Well, that's actually one of the things I'm going to do this year is, is at least put out a couple audiobooks from the books that I've got. Yeah, definitely. And then have someone take your recordings and chop them up into short-form videos, and you'll really have some amazing content there. Well, is there anything that you want to share with the audience that we did not get to go over today? Time-wise, how how are we doing? Are we, we're doing okay. We're fine. Okay, good. Well, let me sh let me share the best possible outcomes process with you because that's the third piece of or, or cornerstone of the three processes or techniques that that I that I personally use and that I offer to people. So the best possible outcomes process goes like this, and all this is real simple. So it doesn't take much to learn it or to use it. It starts by saying, "Again, peace be still," and then I. I ask, and it's important that you ask, I ask higher consciousness, I ask soul for the best possible outcome related to today's podcast. For example, I did this right before we came on. Best possible outcome or the best possible outcome for getting a parking place where I'm going or for the best possible outcome really for anything. I mean, you can use it for really important, deep, you know, subjects 
or you can use it for everyday things. I ask for the best possible outcome and then pause and just get quiet for a second and get a sense that something just moved, that spirit moved in some way, that you took a deep breath or that you had a sense of warmth or something indicated that spirit is, is on the job, has moved into action. And then thank you for your participation in my life. Thanking spirit, thanking higher consciousness, thanking, you know, whatever you consider to be sacred. And then basically turning it over to spirit to let spirit come up with the best possible outcome. Often it's much better than what I might have imagined or what I might have prescribed for a certain situation. You know, I might have wanted the parking place to be right out in front of the restaurant. Well, maybe I needed to park a little further down the street so that I saw this other business that I've been really needing and wanting to have some contact with. Or maybe I encountered somebody during that time in walking to the restaurant, which meant that that was a better place really than right out front. But if in my mind I'm saying, I got to have it right out front, then it's me inserting my human desires into that situation rather than letting it unfold naturally and letting spirit participate in the process in order to bring the best possible outcome. So it's a great exercise to use, you know, any time of the day on any in any particular situation. It goes really well with the sit-down meditation and then the frequent mindfulness meditations throughout the day. It just kind of keeps you tuned up. Because you get you get a nice hit on you know getting a little getting some relaxation and getting a, a sense of, of higher consciousness and so forth with the sit down and then you do the tune ups during the day that kind of reminds you or you can use going in and out of doors as a reminder it just going through a door oh yeah peace be still or oh yeah in this moment I increase my vibration or in this moment I breathe higher consciousness so it's just little tricks or little triggers to kind of remind yourself throughout the day and then best possible outcomes whenever you need it. That's amazing. I can't imagine how someone can really be transformed by doing these things, these um, uh, meditations and, and uh, trainings daily. I think you mentioned one of them was like twice a day. Was it not? Yeah. The, the sit down meditation I do in the morning and in the evening before I go to bed, when I get up, there you go. It makes sense. It makes sense why you're this amazing ball of light and peace and energy. Thank you for being you. I mean, I know that's not really a thankable thing, but we're thanking you anyway. And thanks for being here and spending time with us. The fact that we met you through Podmatch, it still blows my brain, but I am just so in love with this way of meeting guests. And really, you know, people in the audience, you could be guests too. There is no prerequisite. It's your story. And if you have this desire to share your story with the world, I'm down for it. So message our podcast, get in touch with our team, and we would love to have you on our show. Or if you want to send a message to the show, you totally can do that. You can do it via Instagram on are you happy official or are you happy underscore podcast. So definitely send in those voice messages and let us know if you're happy. They will definitely be shared on air with our millions of followers all over the world. Well, again, Blair, thank you so much for being with us here on this podcast. And we look forward to sharing all of your amazing links. Be safe, be well, be happy, be at peace. And we'll see you around in this Are You Happy universe. Thank you so much. This has been a great experience and I've enjoyed it a lot. I have as well. And everyone, everyone, be sure to check out Blair. Namaste. 
Be sure to join us next time on Are You Happy Podcast. Have the best day of your lives. No matter what day that you're listening to this, we care about you in the Are You Happy universe. And join us. Join us on our interview journey if you want to interview strangers about happiness. If you want to share your story on the podcast, this whole platform that we've built for Are You Happy is built around you guys. It's not just us. It's also you guys. You're part of the universe. You're part of the Are You Happy family. Thanks, guys. The Are You Happy Hour and Are You Happy Hotline are brought to you by Are You Happy Podcast. Be sure to follow us on social media such as Instagram and subscribe via your favorite podcast platform. Are You Happy, the docuseries, can also be found on social media such as Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. See you guys next time for another wonderful episode of Are You Happy, the Happy Hour.